Low snap, get a cock and throw, and it is caught by Brandon Ayuk in the end zone. Ah, no, Tassion San Francisco. It's the NBN, baby. We are back to another episode of Bully Ball, episode five. I'm Jason Aponte, joined by Steph Sanchez. Steph, we are covering a team that is undefeated in the NFC West, and the San Francisco 49ers are first in the NFC West. How are you feeling on this lovely Tuesday morning? Well, I don't know if you heard, Jay, but like, se siente bien, bebe, okay? Oh, <laughs> cook, cook on it. It feels great, baby. It feels amazing. I love all of that because Jimmy Garoppolo literally said that after the game as well, too. Shout out to Mexico City for being gracious hosts, enjoying it, bringing the energy. Um, shout out to Alfredo Gutierrez, who, if you guys didn't see before the game, had quite a moment while the Mexican uh, national anthem was being played. That is what it's all about. That was something that I was moved by myself. Happy for him. Happy for the 49ers. More happy for the fact that Hard Knocks this week is going to be the most electric episode. And Steph, that's where I kind of want to start. I think Hard Knocks and its influence and how well it's done made me more nervous about this game than I should have been, Hmm. right? Let me set the scene. They played an amazing game last week against the Los Angeles Rams. Colt McCoy executes the offense to a level that I think Cliff Kingsbury is not used to. And I think that he actually operates the offense the way Cliff wanted. That music, Leave Schreiber, all of those things made me think, man, I think the 49ers are going to win this game. But... This game is going to be a lot closer than it should for comfort. Did Hard Knocks bamboozle me, Steph? I think they did. I don't watch Hard Knocks, by the way. I'm probably one of the few, like, rare people that that don't watch it. But, you know, I do understand a bit what you were feeling of being a little nervous about this game. But for me, it was more so because the last time the 49ers played Colt McCoy and how that went. So that's what made me nervous. But then Akash, uh, shout out to Akash, he, he tweeted out the secondary that played in that game last season. It was like Josh Norman, Drake Kirkpatrick. Uh, they had Tavon Wilson at safety, Hufunga, who is great this season, but not second nearly. Start. Yeah, his, his second season this year is, has been amazing. But anyway, we know it, it was going to be a completely different secondary. So that made me feel warm and fuzzy inside. I was like, okay, I feel good now. And so, you know, it made me feel a little comfortable. But I understand. I, I get that feeling of, you know, anything can happen. The 49ers can drop any game because at this point in the season, they have lost some games that they should have won. So I, I get the fears and, you know, being able to see the Cardinals from that backstage point of view with hard knocks right like seeing what they're all about which i know we give a lot of cliff kingsbury some slack but um you know it to to see how a team operates you know sometimes it it is a little nerve-wracking if you're gonna have to play them i think the way i was looking at it was divisional game those are always tough the cardinals have played the 49ers so tough right and i did have a bit of ptsd from last season with Colt McCoy. And with the way that this game started, it started to kind of feel like 
oh, God, it's one of these games, right? Like Colt McCoy's operating the offense, and he's throwing the ball before guys can get to him. He's throwing the ball before DeAndre Hopkins is getting out of his break. And they go down and they score. And I think a little bit of panic comes in with 49ers fans when the scripted plays don't lead to any sort of points. Because mm-hmm. that's always, even, even the biggest Kyle Shanahan hater has always said, well, the script is going to be there. They're going to score their points. Well, now when that goes away, then there's a certain sort of panic that kind of is is setting in. Where did you feel right after that, that 7 nothing lead? Uh, I mean, I, I will say on the defensive side of the ball, yes, it's always a little panicky when, you know, the 49ers defense gives up a good drive, but we have been seeing that the last couple of weeks, right? So I was That's like, true. okay, you know, let's not panic today because I know D'Amico Ryans is going to cook. And what did he do? That man cooked. I mean, another shutout in the second half. Uh, beautiful execution, beautiful adjustments. Quite frankly, he didn't have a lot of adjustments to make, I don't think. In the first half, really, it was more so just DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and that was pretty much their offense and some screen passes to uh, James Conner for the most part. So there wasn't much to adjust. And, you know, I, I think he did a good job and, and I wasn't too worried about that. And is Ben don't break. You know, the Cardinals had that that one long drive where they were able to get to the red zone. Ben don't break. They, they limited it to just a field goal. Love that for them. On the offensive side of the ball, yeah, I was really worried because – a big key to this game was, for me, the offense being able to sustain drives because you're in high altitude. You need to be able to give your defense some rest. That was going to be really important. And we saw in that first half already just some of the impacts of that. Drake Greenlaw um, going out for a breather as well as Mooney Ward uh, on a very important like third down play. So that, that made me a little uncomfortable. And I was like, okay, if this continues, this is a recipe for disaster. Thankfully, though, that did not continue as we know, Jay. That's where the game kind of swung, right? And and all of those concerns are valid. You know, Mooney Ward goes down, you're in altitude, right? And you're like, damn, you know, not again. This team can ill afford to lose him at any point, especially when DeAndre Hopkins was playing the way that he was. I don't think anybody really feared the Arizona rushing attack as it's been non-existent for the entire season at this point. They're very pass heavy. I think the things that start to make you a little bit nervous are, like you said, you're not sustaining drives. You got your defense running back out there. Colt McCoy is getting the ball out on time. So if anyone was concerned in those first few moments, that first quarter, I'm not mad at you. Those were some of the things that I pointed to with how this game could go wrong. But my goodness, Steph, the rest of the way, this became an avalanche for the San Francisco 49ers few more narratives to blow up here, okay? Kyle Shanahan's over 500 as a head coach. Take that stat and get it away from me. I don't want to hear it anymore, okay? Uh, 38 points. You can't get all your weapons involved. Brandon Ayuk, two touchdowns. George Kittle, two touchdowns. Debo Samuel, right? And Kyle is only over 500 if you include the playoff stats. But I am including that because it's part of his narrative. And it's part of the reason that so many are with him right now at this point. Jimmy Garoppolo is where I'm going with this. Steph, is Jimmy Garoppolo playing the best football of his entire time as a San Francisco 49er? You know, a couple weeks ago uh, when our good friend Jordan, you know, tweeted this out, 
I wasn't sure, right? Like, I felt like I needed to see more. Um, and I feel like maybe the best time that he's had with San Francisco, aside from the five games, <clears throat> excuse me, the five games in uh, 2017, you know, when he won those five games, he had just joined the team, was probably 2019, right? Uh, but... You know, I haven't looked back at those games in quite a long time. So maybe it's just the feeling that I have for those games that I thought he played so well. And I would say the team played so well. So maybe it wasn't all just him. But right now, I could say undeniably that Jimmy Garoppolo is playing the best game of his career. Like, that man is cooking right now. He is in his bag. I don't know what it is. I don't care. Is it the fact that, you know, he's on a one-year deal and he's playing for a contract next season? I I don't know, but I'm, I'm liking it. I'm liking what I'm seeing. He's been very efficient. He's been accurate. Uh, and, by the way, speaking of breaking narratives, this was his first game, or the first time in his career, he's gone three consecutive games without throwing an interception. Talk that talk, Steph. I've, I was not I, – I like how Jimmy's been playing late as of late, and even I didn't think he was going to be able to do that because I was like, man, in his eight, nine-year career, like he hasn't been able to do this. So I just thought he was going to keep that one going. But, no, he broke that, and he was 20 for 29 yesterday, 228 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. You love to see it. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. I agree with you. I think this is the best football that he's played in his career. You know, the, the interception stat jumps out at you and everybody points back to those five games in 2017, but those games didn't mean anything. They just meant you're hopeful going into the next season. Jimmy Garoppolo has got to win games now for this team to, to be what they intend to be, especially with him being there. So I, I, I wholeheartedly agree that this is the best football we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo. There was no throws yesterday in which you said, what was he looking at? What was he doing? You know, sometimes that happens and they don't end up as interceptions. That's fine. But three straight games for the first time with no turnovers, four touchdowns in a game who it seems like the Arizona Cardinals just bring out the best in Jimmy Garoppolo. He absolutely plays his best football in the games against the Cardinals. So I am going to throw out a little conspiracy theory and I, I want to I want you to give me your feedback on this. Last season, Jimmy Garoppolo played. There was someone in the background who fans hearken to see because of his, you know, drive capital, how dynamic Trey Lance is. Steph, you and I can probably agree. Nobody wants to see Brock Purdy. Nobody does. And if you do see Brock Purdy, it's a problem or a good thing, as we did in this game. That means the game's over. (laughs) I think Jimmy Garoppolo is, like you said, playing on his one year contract, also knows that there's nobody going to be calling for Brock Purdy. I'm not. I certainly do not want to see that man play football. And I do think that Jimmy Garoppolo is playing a bit more free right now. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. And and another thing that Kyle Shanahan mentioned is the fact that he's healthy, you know, and Kyle said when he's fully healthy and he has all his guys available, he tends to play pretty well. And so he has all his guys available. They've added Christian McCaffrey. The offense has looked better with Christian McCaffrey out there. And so Jimmy Garoppolo reaping the benefits of having all his guys available and being 100% healthy. Uh, Because before there there would be like little nitpicky things where like, 
okay, he's not planting his feet all the way. He's not putting his full weight on his leg. And so that would cause some, you know, weird throws that he should be able to make and, and things like that. And so we're not seeing that this season, um, any amount. And so I, I think that's really encouraging. And I looking at this game before they played it, right. I, I was seeing this as a Jimmy Garoppolo game one because of how good he had been looking the previous weeks. Also his career stats against the Cardinals, as you mentioned, but also the Cardinals are actually more vulnerable against the pass than the run from what I had seen in, in you know, stats and my research of, of this matchup, you know, we, we talked about like the 32nd in allowed yards after catch. That's a recipe for the 49ers to have a lot of success. And we saw that yesterday, also 28th in opponent first downs per game. We saw that quite a lot yesterday as well. Um, and so really it, this was a recipe for Jimmy Garoppolo to cook. And he did exactly that. Little, he did a little salt bay on, on the Cardinals yesterday. <laughs> I love that. And, uh, you know, I for sure played Jimmy Cooks uh, by Drake and 21 Savage uh, right after the game as well, too, just mm, to get myself like a bit hyped that. up. I like that. You don't like the way I talk. Say some. Now, here's the question. Everyone's been waiting for this offense, right, with all these playmakers, trying to find a way to get everyone involved. I've been per, a proponent of, some games it's going to be some guys based on matchups. Some games it's going to be other guys. There's no real way to get everyone involved. But when you consider how this offense came out to start the game and then the ending line of Christian McCaffrey over 100 yards, Ayuk and Kittle, two touchdowns, Debo Samuel, touchdown. Steph, this is exactly what everybody envisioned when they got all these playmakers. And, and this is what it looks like when things are clicking. Is this what's going to happen going forward? I don't want to rain on people's parade. Probably not. But this, when things get figured out, when Kyle notices what he can do with these guys in terms of, hey, the Cardinals are showing me this on this look. This is what we're going to take advantage of. This was the coming out party. And now I haven't turned on the TV because it's obviously 1030 in the morning Eastern time. Sure, the national media is just, well, the 49ers are rolling, and you don't want to play them, and they're the team that's the most dangerous in the NFC, and Jimmy Garoppolo's the winner, Steph. Is this offense all the way back? Did they finally figure it out? It feels like they have, and it's been inching towards that, right? The last few games, we saw it first. We saw some glimpses of it against the Rams, and then last week against the Chargers, you know, I felt, felt like they started looking like a – complete offense right where everything's starting to click so again going into this game I really felt like this was going to be the game the opportunity for them to put it all together and they did that they had to score more points right because that was the narrative of last week that why doesn't this team score more touchdowns uh you know, and, and things like that. And I, I think they broke that narrative as well, which I was expecting them to. This was the type of output that we were all expecting. And I said it last week, if they didn't do that, I would have been a little disappointed just because we know how much talent this roster has. We know what they're capable of. Now it's time to go, you know, 
put it on paper or I guess on the scoreboard, not on paper, because we know how talented they are on paper. Put it on the scoreboard. Show us how talented you are on primetime, no less, in front of everyone, with this game meaning so much, all the implications that it had. If you want to be a good team, you have to be able to beat the bad teams. And it's great if you could do that on primetime. And it's great if you can get all of your weapons involved Put the league on notice. I feel like they did that. And yeah, I think it is fair for, you know, some media heads saying that no one wants to face the 49ers right now because there's a lot of other teams in the NFC who, you know, I would say have started to get exposed a little bit. I mean, the Eagles, they won by one point to the Colts. I know they were very happy about that. A win is a win, but. Let's be honest, a week after losing their first game of the season and then only winning by a point against the Colts, maybe things aren't as perfect as it seemed there in Philadelphia. Then the Vikings, who were rolling in the early half of the season, losing that badly to the Cowboys. So there's an opportunity for the 49ers to be considered one of the top teams in the NFC. And if they keep this going, they are going to be that. The NFC has always been wide open. And I think Steph brings up a really good point about teams falling to earth and the 49ers ascending. And there are there is seven more weeks before we figure out what everybody is. And that's always been my contention about, well, you know, after week nine, do you think this team can make a deep playoff run? Well, good. They have a lot of time to figure this out. And I do think Steph brings up a really good point about beating teams that you're supposed to beat. Not only beating them, but laying waste to an inferior opponent, right? And, and, and in the division, the 49ers are 4-0 in the division, taking care of business against teams you're supposed to beat, not just squeaking by, not just barely winning, blowing them out because there was a backup quarterback, because the Cardinals are having competent coaching, because their roster is barren um, in certain aspects. So this, a team that does this is a team that we believe that they are, right? And then... When you put together the fact that the 49ers are now moving in the right direction and moving up, it's an exciting time right now. Because these same people that do not want to give the 49ers any credit for blowing out the Arizona Cardinals would be the same people that if the San Francisco 49ers struggled in any way to win this game against the Arizona Cardinals would say that they are not ready. You cannot have it both ways. The 49ers did what they're supposed to do. They did what good teams are supposed to do. And better teams have struggled with other teams in that same way, but they get the same kind of love. You brought the Minnesota Vikings. Literally beat the Buffalo Bills. The Dallas Cowboys came in, destroyed them. The Dallas Cowboys struggled with the Cincinnati Bengals at a time when they were when they weren't playing well. Right? Like there's so many examples back and forth going forward. Now the 49ers move on to New Orleans. They get another game with the well not another game they get a game with the Miami Dolphins which lord help us that week i've already you know gone over that that is going to be a week where the Kyle haters are going to be out in full effect just waiting to pounce um one way or another but the schedule's opened up for the 49ers right now and i do think that there is no clear cut nfc team that you're just like oh my god they're running away with it shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles wins are wins i like what they mm-hmm. have going on over there but it's clear when they're not able to give you the threat of run in obvious passing situations, that's a bit of a concern for them on offense. 
bringing in Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue, that may help your run defense. And Jordan Davis will be back as well, too. But you can't be that susceptible to the run, especially when cold weather games, that's what's going to win games. And that's exactly what the 49ers want to do. And then you bring into the fact that all of these weapons, the only real opponent for the NFC, and I mean for the 49ers in the NFC, is health. That's it, I think, at this point. I think at this point right now, if the 49ers are, all systems go, rolling into the playoffs, they are that team that you do not want to play because they have a formula. They've been there before. They've done it. They've executed it, meaning you will go to your cold weather place and we will run the ball and our defense will smother you. They have the formula and they have a guy who's leading this offense very capably right now at this point. But I want to talk about the defense. I mentioned Mooney Ward earlier, right? Walked off with a groin. And you get a little bit nervous when you're in that high altitude, right? You're just like, oh, man, you know, don't push it too far. Things can get. That was one of the more gutty performances I've seen. I mean, and, and I'm not just talking about coverage. I'm talking about the fact that Mooney Ward was sticking his helmet in there during every single run play that was his way. He was all over the place. For me, he stood out as the most impressive 49er when you consider the injury. And he was doing something that necessarily 49er fans didn't know him for. I mean, everybody just understands his coverage, but I thought Mooney Ward was amazing in run defense. And I think that's something that people just kind of either gloss over or forget when it comes to him. Going into this game, I kind of expected this one to be a big game for the linebackers, Fred Warner, just because Colt McCoy, I believe his average depth of target was 6.1 against the Rams. So I was like, okay, that's pretty short. Like that's that's perfect for, you know, someone like Ufunga or the linebackers, keep everything in front of them and whatnot. But the hustle that Travarius Ward showed in that game, and you said it, aside from just, you know, covering uh, DeAndre Hopkins, which, as we know, that, that's a pretty tough cover. And, you know, he got beat on, on those little bit because DeAndre Hopkins is so amazing. Like, some of those routes is just like, how do you cover that? But, you know, on, on the run defense – I mean, that that's a huge part. And quietly, he's been one of the better run defenders on this team, right? And you you don't really think that he's not the first person that would come to your mind because, you know, he's an outside corner who you think isn't going to be the first one there. But a lot of the times yesterday, he was. And, yeah, I think that definitely helped, uh, you know, this defense, especially because, to me, like the one of the biggest keys of this game was don't let James Conner get going because – that would just make everything easier for Colt McCoy. And so it was a re real group effort to stop James Conner yesterday. And I would say they did that successfully. Credit to uh, Mooney Ward for his effort last night. More than anything, I just want 49er fans to enjoy D'Amico Ryans for while he's here. You know, this, this, this short time, he is sure to be a head coach. Stop trying to fire him after every first drive. Stop trying to fire him after every first quarter. Guys, please stop being so reactionary. The guy is making adjustments. I think he's the best defensive coordinator during the Shanahan era. No disrespect to Robert Sala and what he's got going on over there. But three straight weeks of zero points allowed. You could say the Rams have no weapons. The Chargers have no weapons. The, the Cardinals. It is impossible to almost do this because those guys get paid on the other side. Those are still NFL players. So spare me that right there. I think D'Amico Ryans is obviously 
going to be a head coach next year. I just want 49er fans to enjoy him. That's it. Just enjoy him while he's here. Enjoy the fact that you have a defensive coordinator who has graded adjustments. Whatever happens in the first drive, it's almost like D'Amico is sometimes the opposite of Kyle. Meaning Kyle's beginning is always scripted, got it, looks good, and then sometimes he has trouble adjusting during certain situations. And it's almost like D'Amico is like, Okay, I'm going to let this first drive kind of play out, and now I'm going to make my adjustments and completely fix it. Kind of funny how they're like yin and yang. Would you agree with that stuff? <laughs> they, they definitely are. They balance each other out, which, like, you know, if if D'Amico Ryans does leave, and at this point it's probably not an if, you know, he, he is probably going to be a head coach next season, which makes me sad, by the way, because he's been amazing in his two – years as a defensive coordinator so far but yeah they definitely balance each other out and and Kyle Shanahan has has a very offhand approach I think with the defense like he kind of lets D'Amico Ryan's head coach the defense and I think that works for them that dynamic um has worked and uh, yeah I mean the defense is is amazing and you said it the another shutout in the second half and that's very impressive and the thing that's most impressive to me about D'Amico Ryans is the fact that what he's been able to do and the season adjustments he's been able to make, given some of the injuries they've had to some key players. Eric Armstead, how how much praise did we give Eric Armstead for what he was able to do on the interior when D'Amico Ryans moved him there? Now, this season, with his injury, you don't have him for several weeks this season, and you're still able to get some good pressure Credit to Kevin Givens. He had an amazing sack yesterday as well. Um, but all those guys on that defensive line as well have stepped up. Uh, Diamador Lenore, he continues to look better week in and week out. The more reps that he gets out there uh, opposite Mooney Ward, I, I think he's really coming into his own. And then Jimmy Ward, when he left with his injury, you know, momentarily in that game, Samuel Womack to be able to finish the game and man, he looks good too, right? I'm like, why isn't he playing nickel corner? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like everything that he's doing and all of his guys already. And you can just tell they, they love playing for him. I want to play for him too. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Put me in coach. Cause he pumps me up. Like you see him on the sideline. Uh, you know, he's just as happy as his guys. And, and that really means a lot to his players. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, credit to D'Amico Ryans. I think he gives Kyle Shanahan the flexibility. He affords him the opportunity to get going. Now we're finally getting to see it, right? We're finally getting to see the offense take advantage, full advantage of those opportunities. But make no mistake, the defense has been giving those opportunities all season long. This team is going to go as far as the offense takes them. I think we understand that the defense is going to give them everything that they have and and what they've been showing is pretty much where they are. Eric Armstead is probably going to return this year. That's incredible. You know, you got to just hope that Drake Greenlaw's injury, whatever it is, is not something as serious, but um, I believe it was Aziz Alshay. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said after the game, there were no new injuries to report. No new injuries. All right. Beautiful. Whatever happened to Jimmy Ward, Drake Greenlaw, they're fine. I'll take that. Beautiful. Beautiful. 100%. 100%. That's a, that's incredible to hear. And uh, I believe it was Aziz Al-Shair at the end of the game says something to the effect of get that weak shit off the field. And I love that uh, because that just screams the team is confident, understanding what's there in front of them and understanding that 
the Arizona Cardinals have been fraudulent for years. And I'm going to say one more time on this podcast, this is the last time we're going to talk about them because that Week 18 game probably will not matter for either team because their season's over. And the 49ers should have the NFC West wrapped up by then. I love this for the Arizona Cardinals because they've changed the narrative of folding at the end of the year by folding early in the year. I love this for them. I really do. You cannot say that they collapsed anymore. You can't. You can't say that Cliff collapsed because he's done it every single year. This time, they collapsed early on, and they probably will play their best football at the end of the year when it doesn't matter because their season is done, as is the Los Angeles Rams. I love this for Cliff Kingsbury. Make sure, Arizona, you sign him to a lifetime contract. 49er fans are talking about fire him. Do not fire him. Bring him back. Continue to keep him. Let, let's let's keep things in perspective. I know it's funny to say, you know, the 49ers got this coach fired, that coach fired. No, 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 no. Let him stay in his Bond mansion. Let him be the Bond villain. <laughs> but let him be the Bond villain that doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to, to you know, coaching a team up. So, Steph, I think 30 minutes is a perfect time to end this right here. Um, make sure you guys are subscribed to the Niners Nation Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcasts. Follow Steph on Twitter at Steph49K. Follow me at JasonAponte2103. Thank you to Homage. If you guys were able to get your hands on the starter jackets, I am upset. I am as upset as a person who is trying to buy Taylor Swift tickets. And somehow, (laughs) both of those things were just as in demand Shout out to Homage. Those starter jackets of fire. If you got your hands on one of the 100 of them, drip, dripping in peace. Like, like go crazy on people. Like, wear that thing out there and show everybody. But shout out to Homage and everything as well, too. Um, for Jason, for Steph, we're out of here. Peace.